0: Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan.
1: All right, I'd like to welcome to Cloud and Clear a very special guest today, uh, the newly minted head of sales for Google Maps Platform in America's. Uh, my good friend we've known each other for a long time Francisco Rao. welcome to Cloud and Clear
0: thanks Tony I appreciate that and I'm excited to be here and uh, spend some time with you and um, congratulations on your success um, last year as well and it's been amazing to watch you and and the company grow and the relationship that you has continued to grow with within Google. So congratulations on that.
1: Our relationship, our friendship, our business together has been a huge part of our growth story. We would not be here where we are today in our overall Google relationship. It was not for what we broke new ground on together, you know, in the early sort of 2010s, uh, starting back then on the map side. So, um, 've we've, we've, we've been through a lot together we've seen a lot and uh and I think coming out of the Qbr that we just had uh this is great to have you in our headquarters as a result but I think it's a good time to to sit down and, and talk about some of the topics because uh, I feel more energized than ever just met chip yes. and um uh, he's gonna to be a great leader obviously for 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 the sales kind of globally it was great to kind of launched 2020 with a with a uh very specific focus a bigger team on your side a, mm-hmm. a new approach and new structure on our side and um I'm, I'm very hopeful for the future together as well let's talk a little bit about your career um your overall career in the career at google so many new people have joined google and google cloud that it's just kind of crazy what's happened in the last decade but famously meeting you i remember like uh, you're one of the few pre-IPO Googlers. Yes, that's right. Yes, So, so you've been there a
0: long time. Yes, I, I have. I, I actually started um, September 2002 was when my start date was, September 16, 2002 to be exact. And so when I started at Google, uh, we were in one building in Mountain View and there was roughly 500 people at the time. Wow. The entire company, of which about half of them were in Mountain View. So, yeah, it was... Uh, It was an amazing time uh, to join, not only the opportunity and the growth of Google to eventually become a trillion-dollar business (laughs) or market cap, but also uh, just the ability to interact with so many amazing people at that time, and that continues today. But with regards to having um, finance, sales, marketing, uh, engineering, all under one uh, roof like that was incredibly rewarding and what an amazing learning experience so F-
1: 500 to what 120,000 <laughs> yeah. 150,000 I don't know what the number is now but holy cow like yeah. very few people ever get to experience the kind of growth that you have seen and yeah. what is now and it wasn't clear in 2002 but what is now like one of the most storied um organizations ever in the history of time right like not just obviously what you do in maps or maps and cloud, but just Google. Like yeah. what a story.
0: Yeah. It has is, it is been amazing. And, um, at the time when I started, um, I left a I left a company that was pretty successful in its own right, but nowhere near obviously what Google is. But at the time people were questioning my decision because they didn't know they hadn't heard about Google. They didn't yeah. know about the model, the opportunities. Frankly, I didn't either. I was taking a bit of a flyer, um, um, in that regard, but then obviously it turned out pretty well. <laughs> Good I, I, I yeah. yeah, I can't <laughs> complain, and it, it's it's been an amazing um, just journey. Um, and I recall at the uh, during that time, you know, we just had one product, which was search, right? And yep. I joined uh, Google um, as it was just starting their enterprise business, and we only had one product at the time. It was the GSA Google Search appliance, yep. you're familiar with, and so uh, I joined a sales team that there was. Uh, myself and four other folks um, on that team selling selling the search appliance, and um, it was an interesting story, in fact, in how it came about. In, in that the search appliance or the ability for companies to do internet and search on their own content, um, there was a there was a, a hole there. You know, they they yeah. they they, um, in fact, when they wanted to find information, they would go to Google.com to find it right. um, on their on their site. And so, one of our largest customers, advertising customers at the time, approached Google and said, "Would you be open to using your technology to index our our our, our internal pages, our internal documents, et cetera?" And so that was how it was born. Wow. Um, it was the it was uh, Google's um, advertising customers who came to Google and asked for that functionality, and so. Uh, 2001 late 2001 is when we launched the search appliance and began be, began our enterprise story
1: yeah. around, around google yeah, yeah mark flessland company mark's you know obviously yes. now leading cloud search and that was the first thing we signed up for as a google partner to do in 2006 right. and that was a flyer for us like it cost ten thousand dollars <laughs> right. to join this partnership which like the microsoft partnership was like five hundred dollars right uh. and uh Obviously, it was 10K because you got a box. Uh, so that was part of the cost. And then um, uh, that was the first interaction we had with Google in the enterprise. Mm. And um, obviously, that was a that was a an amazing bet. I don't think any of us could have uh, figured what it would turn into for us. But that was that was Google's first enterprise product. Yes, exactly. So what did you do out, right after that? Like, how did your career internally evolve? From, yeah, from so, search. you know, as,
0: as amazing Google as a company is, I recall, like, so I, I was involved in the search appliance. In fact, I worked for Mark for a bit um, mm-hmm. of time, and I, uh, I was in the search appliance sales business for about three years. And then we acquired a company called Keyhole at the time. Um, I remember Keyhole. Yeah, and Keyhole then uh, became Google Earth, right? Uh, we rebranded it after uh, Google acquired it. And, and so... I, I, I remember this day as we, we have uh, which we, uh, we still do today is the TGIF um, where the company gets together um, to talk about business et cetera, what happened during that week. And um, for that particular TGIF, it was um, they were demoing the keyhole product yeah. and um, it was it, it just blew everyone's mind you know to be able to start from space and then uh, zoom in uh, in pretty much. Uh, very trans, very clean um, surface where it, where you saw we zoomed in and saw the google uh, headquarters in mountain view and it was amazing yeah. like this satellite imagery that yeah. that popped up and and it was very seamless in the way it interacted and it just blew my mind i'm like i i need to be able to get involved in that product somehow yeah etc so we were start- started to staff that team and in true google fashion like i I didn't even know how to spell GIS right, right. Uh, and be and I had no relevant experience but because of that I, w- I was involved with Google and I had a track successful track record etc they um, considered me for a role there uh, selling the Google Earth Enterprise product and that's how I started uh, I switched from the Google the search appliance product to selling Google Earth and Google Earth Enterprise so I did that for about three four years and um it was it was amazing and we sold it to uh, hundreds if not thousands of uh companies uh globally Uh, about three years later or so then we uh we started up another division uh which was google checkout and analytics so i got involved i moved over to the ad space ads team uh specifically around google checkout and analytics so that was you know my um Next incarnation within Google, and then three or two years later, roughly, then I joined the geo team. Mm-hmm. Um, again, selling Google Maps and, and Google Earth. So,
1: so uh, in parallel to the Keyhole acquisition, you know, Google's famous for kind of redefining the the maps user experience. Yeah. So this Google Maps team, I think, it was in Australia, right? Because right. They're working on this new product. And yes. I remember the first time. And back then it was just sort of uh, MapQuest and these other products. But like you could zoom and pan and kind of have this amazing high fidelity experience. And then it became like the default overnight. Right. Right. It was amazing. Like nobody would be like, you know, using MapQuest anymore or printing MapQuest maps. I remember doing that. Yes. The last Thomas Guide I bought was uh, from Costco in 1997. I remember (laughs) that. Yeah. Uh, so Google redefined that whole experience and in, in, in driving and 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 route planning on a on a consumer basis. But then, when did this uh, the Google Maps team? Um, when was when was the incarnation of that into like the enterprise space like Keyhole was? When did that happen?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like so, we uh, when we acquired Keyhole, there they had a product, a subscription based model that they sold. Um, and so they had a, a, a B2B product at the time. And when we acquired it, um, Sergey and Larry, actually interesting stories, Sergei actually saw this at a trade show, saw the keyhole technology and was enamored by it. And he's like, this is amazing. This is really is revolutionary and changes the way. Um, so it's amazing that he actually had the foresight to be able to yeah. say, you know, I want to be able to empower that technology for the masses, etc." Um, and it also had a B2B component to your point as well. It had an enterprise product that they were selling. So the, the acquisition is really around changing the, the the dynamics of how you interact with the map to your point and the ability in the, and still to this day, if you look at applications and different implementations, um, it's not the seamless uh, interaction that you would, that you you get with google earth right, right. and True. google maps in the past it was very uh, gis centric people didn't understand when you talk about cartography back in the day how do you interact with that technology how do you interact with the map let alone satellite imagery and street view and all the things that have come as a result so it was really a, a game changer if yeah. you will uh, you had to amazing. literally
1: be a gis major with like a phd or a master's degree to right. be able to make sense of spatial data and google democratized that almost yeah. immediately and you know we demo some of the stuff that we built based on that and and, and now deliver it to government customers and, and major enterprise customers right. like they had specialized teams and there's only like three or four people that could use these crazy old apps to make business decisions mm-hmm. and now we have places like in chicago and seattle and others and, and and what we've built on top of maps that hundreds of people can use because it actually just behaves like Google Maps. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, that you're spot on. It's like the
0: ability to be able to interact with a map and put relevant data, like the application that you're referring to. And there's many examples of this from the business standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Like to be able to, uh, to have a, a base map or a satellite image and then overlay that on top of it infrastructure information like for cities like what you're doing with thought maps and there's some really amazing applications around that like the uh, one of our one of our customers is the state of Texas where they do evacuations for natural disasters when a uh, for example like a natural disaster is coming and they know it's coming they all overlay on top of it you know, the infrastructure around the freeways streets mm-hmm. evacuation routes etc mm-hmm. and um, actually allow the citizens of the Texas to be able to determine the right path and the yeah. most efficient path for. So there's, there's so many different applications that we've essentially enabled as a result of being able to have an application that's scalable and then also overlay on top of it relevant data, which is, um, it's just a phenomenal story. And um, it's something that I'm personally proud about being involved yeah. in because it impacts so many so many lives
1: I think not only Sergey or Larry could have predicted maybe the proliferation of the mobile devices yeah. mobile location, the importance of uh, location new completely new business models mm-hmm. that never existed. I mean our some of our joint customers, the biggest joint customers didn't exist five years ago right or, or 10 years ago. And I remember as you know, we started with, with Enterprise Search. We were a launch partner for G Suite. In the early 2010s, I think 2011, 2012, I was seeing uh, we knew we knew each other from like the search days, and then you know, Jay and Monik from the G Suite days, who were now running maps, and I was like, what's going on in maps and enterprise? Right? right. Like clearly this is valuable data. Clearly, um, if a business cares about um you know routing and, and 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 uh coordination data and location data and so many businesses started to then google's like the best option right and there was other options there was here there was bing there's other things that businesses could use but like nobody had the data fidelity right and the accuracy that Google had and even back then. So I was I was remember knocking on the door uh for like months um and with you know with with Mike Lee and those original sellers and then Paul Souza and saying like and with you and saying like what's the partner play <laughs> like we partner closely on search and closely on GC what's the partner play and I think we were fortunate enough to timing wise for for like that was the beginning of when uh, your organization was starting to think about channel right think about the partner role think about um the value proposition that partners could bring to the table. But and, and I've talked about this in the past, like it's not easy to transition a a very direct business that has massive amount of demand already. Right. And have the foresight to say, look, we have this demand now and and most of our customers are super technically savvy. They do their own integration and they do their own whatever, uh for you to have the foresight and with, you know, Rosemary and, and Paul Sloyan, like that old crew of like, right. with Monique and Jay, with their full support to be like, actually, we're going to start to build something that's channel centric. And we were just so fortunate to break new ground there with you. And you had a few partners but They are hardcore GIS partners, right? They weren't partners like SADA, they were more kind of cloud IT services consultancies. Um, and what, what led you to, to to support a model in a time where, you know, like you've always been in, in this business, just super successful with tons of revenue growth. What 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 made you want to pivot to also include partners and channel as part of your strategy? Yeah. And I think the biggest thing
0: is, you know, like any business where you have to determine where you apply your resources and, you know, it, google at the end of the day is very much an engineering driven company and we have resources where we want to apply to to uh, provide the next functionality like at the time street view for example mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't there uh, uh, and, and other uh, other uh <laughs> other other features other technology um that we wanted that we wanted to be able to leverage right and so you know, looking at the business and where we invest our resources, um, we you know we made a conscious, conscientious decision to to uh, apply our resources on the engineering product to continue to develop and acquire additional data sources, acquire ad- ad- additional information that would uh, would enhance our solution and enhance our offering. And so, you know that there's a trade-off there right and you make that decision so how do you continue to get 20 30 40 percent growth right uh, we we uh, we consciously decided that we wanted to go the route of uh, of partners to be able to fulfill that increase in that demand and to your point we had other GIS sort of partners involved in it and there wasn't really it's an API at the end of the day yeah. and so there's not a lot of um, imp- implementation deployment it's a pretty straightforward um, implementation process, mm-hmm. right? And so we really needed a focus on uh, partners who who would focus on uh, being a trusted advisor, being a solution, being able to look at the problem and come up with business reasons or uh, business um, decisions that would that they could uh, they could utilize mm-hmm. that these customers can utilize. And that's why I think you know why Sada has been so successful in in in, in the in the map space because they don't look at it from just standpoint of reselling of a license, right? But really as a trusted
1: advisor, really as part of a uh,
0: a team, uh, yeah. for The customer,
1: yeah. Look, if our intention was to just to go in there and take orders, that wasn't going to add, add much value. So we learned very quickly how to ask the right probing questions to the customers about use cases, right? Um, about their business outcomes they were trying to achieve, so that you know back then like a ten k Typical easy purchase, like actually became 50K and and all of that. And I think over time, by the way, with a lot of coaching from you and from our partner team, a lot of very direct. And I love what Chip said about like radical candor and all of that. Right. Our partnership back then, I think, was the model across Google of what's possible when there's a lot of trust, a lot of direct communication. You just told us exactly what we were doing well and not doing well right. and exactly what you expected from in terms of investment and ROI. And we respond well in that environment because yes. culturally we're attuned to that. Like, yeah, just be direct, like yeah. tell, us tell us what to what do. To do. Yeah. We'll do it and if we can't, we'll say we can't and we can debate, right? right. But um, it was very direct and transparent. It was, it was, it was extremely enterprise class. And um, obviously, you know, we we listened well, we made the right investments. We got lucky. There's always luck involved. But um, but it was just an amazing story of how we then became much larger all of a sudden in terms of revenue to Google. Much larger in terms of the first massive enterprise customers like logos that you know, Fortune 100 were Maps customers Mm -hmm. for us even before we were doing Enterprise G Suite, before we're doing Enterprise GCP work. That was very, um, uh, I think, rewarding to be able to point to a NASCAR looking slide and like look at all those maps customers. We saw them, some of them today, which we still have, which we love. Yeah, Uh, and it became literally. It put us on the map nationally. It it was our fastest growing business ever, and uh, it was the first time we were recognized by Google for an achievement that was global, like becoming the global partner of the year. Right. Like we won other regional awards and other things, but nothing at that sort of global uh, level of recognition. And that was like crazy, crazy, amazing time. Um, but, you know, all things change. <laughs> Part of, I think, what's made us successful in our partnership with Google, but was has, has made you successful It's like existential flexibility like Mm. pricing models are going to change products going to change leadership's going to change up and around you right (laughs) and around us in terms of how google manages us and and how they look at our relationship holistically and that's been kind of the mantra the last two or three years Do you want to talk about the changes that um uh the google maps organization has undergone both strategically and structurally um uh, for the audience, I think that's really interesting. It's not a story that's broadly broadly known.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to cover that. And just to tie off on the point, uh, I, I think that Sada, you know, Chip had mentioned this earlier today around trust, transparency, and radical candor. Those are mm-hmm. the three kind of guiding principles yeah. that he has for partners. And you guys have uh, have lived that even without, you know, Chip just reinforced it today and continues to reinforce it within that's, our That's ecosystem. how we know
1: Chip's. Like Chip's going to be great in this role and uh, that him and I personally are going to get along really well. And he's going to appreciate Sada's because he said that completely like there was no setup for what he said. Yeah, that's just him exactly. being himself. Yeah. And I'm sure you appreciate working. for Yeah, absolutely. Like that well.
0: I do. And it's something that um, just reinforces the, the relationship that Sada and Google has had throughout the years because that's what our that's what the relationship is 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 founded upon right yeah so yeah i just wanted to tie off on that but with regards to just the changes and you know this is another thing in in terms of how uh successful sada has been is uh, they understand google and and the changes that we have you know and we we're in a unique uh position to be able to make some very difficult decisions that may impact revenue from in the short term but because we're able to do that, you know, we've pivoted our business to be more customer centric. centric, centric, centric sorry, <laughs> and and to be able to um, to be able to modify our our pricing model, etc. You know, we we just went through a major change where we pivoted thousands of customers, and uh, Sada has been the the tip of the spear for a lot of that. You know, because uh, because they're engaging with our customers directly where we've we move from a pre-prepay model to a postpay, and ultimately, that's actually you know it benefits the customer ultimately, right? Like For to sure. be able to not to have to worry about you know what the initial cost is or trying to estimate the usage over a course of one year. All those sorts of things are um, not value selling per se, you know, and it's not talking about the solution and allowing customers to be able to utilize the technology. And then try it out and see, and, and allow the product to grow as as the consumption yes. and usage grows. Yeah. Um, so that was a significant change, and we've um, uh, we've we've talked about that. This is something that we've uh, been planning for for years and years, um, last two years in fact. And so we we just completed this migration.
1: Look, we've gone you know through so many different. Product strategy iterations, product deprecations and things like that, all sorts of changes that impact us, our revenue, our customers. To me, that was the most well planned for and the most well executed joint strategy. In a very tough moment, like it's very tough to go to customers and say, hey, the pricing models changed. Uh, this is how you have to pay us now. By the way, your price may go up. Or by the way, this may not work for you anymore, right? Because you're grandfathered into something that doesn't even exist. Like you're really kind of taking advantage of the toss or whatever. Right. In terms of service. So those are very tough conversations. But obviously, I have a great team. I'm so proud of them. The way they executed it. Like a machine. Yeah. Um, uh, We always try to be as good as Google would do. Like how... What would Google's own expectations be? Like we wanted to do, do, do at least that good of a job, uh, but man, that was so well done. It could have been a disaster. Definitely. <laughs> Frankly, other you know when like Postini went away or Drive was Drive became free for education. There's all these things like that weren't great yeah. <laughs> customers, but um, we made we made definitely you know lemonade out of out of lemons, and that was a great test to the partnership but also to to our team and our relationship with our customers our ability to execute on tough things and and that alignment just really landed yeah it's well.
0: incredible like you know we, we again point to the guiding principles of trust as part of that and you trusted us you know we we, we met several times before we 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 st- we started on this journey with regards to migrating these customers and a lot of it is a leap of faith right like we Trust us, Tony. We're going <laughs> to we're going to migrate these customers. Yeah. Uh, you as a partner are going to be fine in the long run. Our customers are going to be better off as a result. And, you know, there and we there wasn't a lot of metrics or data that was pointing to that. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of it was a leap of faith and mm-hmm. trust in our relationship and and um, Doing what's best for the partner and what's best for the customer and ultimately what's best for Google. And so, you know, you you took that journey with us and, you know, here we are today. Look, at the end of
1: the day, the numbers tell the story. And in the world of consumption economics, which maps now is very much like cloud. Cloud is like maps. You consume more, you pay more, you consume less, you pay less. The fact that revenues went up meant that we not only transitioned customers successfully, but as they saw more value in the platform, their consumption went up. And of course they became more successful in what they do, especially in these new uh, new economy kind of businesses, mm-hmm. uh, their businesses grew, but also the value that Google Maps added uh, grew because they could have switched. And so, you know what, I'm gonna use something else. There are options out there, even though Google's by far the best, there's still <laughs> options, keeps us on our toes. But right. um, I think the numbers told the story and we reviewed some of them today. And I, I think even I was surprised about like how much that grew. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty
0: amazing. It's yeah. a testimony to uh, to you and the team, and you know, staying um, connected in terms of the the whole process that we've gone through. And you know, I and we as we look forward into tw- 2020, I mean, it, it, the opportunities are ginormous in terms yeah. of uh, like the ability for us to unlock because we've made that uh, that what that change, that shift in our in our philosophy and our pricing model. It really opens up a lot of new opportunities that yeah. we were locked out of, um, essentially. So, Completely. it's it's an amazing. I, I'm so looking forward to 2020 and um, mm. uh, and the opportunities that it holds.
1: Look, we have a lot of work to do now. I know Google, uh, from a product engineering standpoint, uh, this year of a commercial transition. I think uh, concurrently, there was a lot of being you know work being done, uh, gayarthi and team and the product team, the product owners, like we're getting prepared to release things into the market mm. that uh, have been, uh, in some cases, are just great ideas that Google has and everything it knows about the market, but also customers, like things that they've been asking for because we all believe, even the analysts believe, uh, according to Chip, and we know that the addressable market is really big here and now that we've done all this underlying sort of foundational work, we can go after it um, more boldly. So to the degree that you can share, and I know some things are confidential, but what, what can you tell us about roadmap, whether product or commercial elements that you think that uh, we're going to be able to do now in 2020 and beyond to continue to grow at a clip that I think is deserving of of Google's market position and having the best math platform on the planet.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, you know, we've we've set the foundation and the underpinnings to be able to start to focus on feature functionality benefits that that solve solutions, right? And so, you know, the while I can't share with you um, you know, specific details, it's all around uh, enhancing and bettering the user experience, right? Whether it's if it's a, a maps implementation on your website and being able to uh, make it your own, essentially, I and mean, have it have it feel, look, and feel and, uh, and consistent with with your site rather than what's out of the box, right? Like so, those are areas that you'll see um, improvements um, in the product over time, and um, some of the benefits you'll see, and then around there there's specific verticals that uh google's involved in you know i can't go into too much detail yeah, yeah. because i don't want to steal the thunder <laughs> of our, our marketing teams um yeah. and product teams as they're as they're getting ready to roll these things out but um i'm excited about it because it, it really is allows us to now focus on um enhancing our products in in the future yeah. also
1: ways to utilize that geospatial data i think data is the new currency we all know that and i think in, in ways, and, and we're just brainstorming super high level, but how can we bring the power of all of Google and Google Cloud with Maps to do really big and transformational deals with customers that are way beyond the map, right? And, Absolutely. Uh, I think there's tons of potential there. And uh, I think we have a lot of inventing to do, which mm-hmm. is a position we love to be in. Obviously, right. we love to be on the cutting edge inventing with you. We have so many customers that can be that voice of... Uh, you know, what they need, they're very uh, uh, explicit about that when they're asked the, uh, asked the right way. I think what we're going to do with regards to customer success management, account management, to be able to talk to these customers more regularly in a more meaningful and strategic way to surface these requirements, frankly, um, as I think is going to drive a lot of great joint engagements. and. Um, I think it can just be so much bigger. Even the little thing you said about like making a lap map look different. I mean, you know, I know how long people have been asking for that. Right, <laughs> and yeah. <we've> been like, <laughs> and it's been like, a, you know, well, it hasn't been a priority for, for for years, but now like we're gonna be listening to customers and delivering those things. Of course, they're gonna be uh, willing and able to pay, pay for those things. And I just wanna see, we just wanna see like maps continues to grow at least as fast as all of cloud all of data all the all all the like the you know the 30 40% a year that cloud is growing in aggregate mm-hmm. um, geospatial maps data should absolutely grow at least as fast in our view and and I think with the renewed focus it yeah, can yeah
0: absolutely and I think you if you look uh, at it from the standpoint of uh, where our focus is going to be from an engineering and product standpoint um the 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 focus is really as you point is is around the is, is around the data itself right like so maps I mean, you look around and you know it's it's been democratized, it's been commoditized right yeah. like if you yeah. look at the how many maps providers are out there it's not really a unique back in 2005. yeah yeah different story is it unique it's uh different etc and there's not a lot of providers now, you know, there's a multitude of providers who are doing essentially the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, really the delta, the difference, uh, which Google is uniquely poised to do is around the data about information, etc. Um, you know, we're able to leverage our our massive ad networks mm-hmm. where there's millions of advertisers and where there's tons of information around their store hours and what amenities Traffic they have. Traffic patterns in the store. Uh, what yes, is it busy? Exactly. All those, is it not busy? All those sorts of things that... Yeah um google is uniquely positioned for and so how we how we work in conjunction with our customers to deliver that information um Mm -hmm. is is i think the delta is the difference
1: i don't know i want to think that everyone's gotten good at the basics but have you used amazon prime now (laughs) i don't know i can't tell where where the driver is i can't tell where my i think it's 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 a mess. So I think we should cold call on Amazon Prime now and tell them to use Google. Yeah, we can we can help them with that experience because it's really bad. Yeah, <laughs>
0: no, I hear you. There's definitely uh, there's definitely um, a lot of companies that can utilize yeah um,
1: the technology a bit better. We call it like uh, it's good enough when it's not Google Maps. It's like good enough maps. <laughs> it's right. good enough, close enough. Um, so look, we can't grow the TAM without field coverage. We can't do it without people, mm-hmm. uh, the right people in the right markets, uh, energized around uh, the task at hand or consultative who can get deep with customers who are themselves not transactional like you don't expect your partners to be. And so you've had to do a lot of hiring. Right. And uh, we met a bunch of them today. Um, most you know remote and a mix of remote and in person we're going to get to know a lot of them even more 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 intimately in, in the months and quarters to come but you have a big role arguably the biggest role of your career a lot of the ethos the culture the dna and ultimately the performance of maps in americas is, is on your shoulders I want to pivot a little bit to your um, leadership style hiring. What do you look for? How do you get outsized performance um, from the teams and how do you build the best teams, uh, best best operating teams to begin with? And I think you've learned a lot watching some great people. You've been around, you know, all sorts of leaders. Oh, I'm sure that's influenced you to some extent, but what's your philosophy around leadership in general?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, from a standpoint of, first of all, the hiring piece that you mentioned, Tony, like we have a, an amazing infrastructure, as you all well know, in terms of just the, the framework in terms of hiring and uh, looking at the four attributes that we hire for mm-hmm. externally, you know, around Google leadership, general cognitive ability, um, those four attributes. Um, and so, you know, there, there's that framework that we utilize um, to be able to essentially bet the right right candidate, right, for us. And so we, we're maniacal in terms of the process um, there, and we we run all our candidates through that same process. So we, we have a baseline in which we're looking at those candidates and comparing them. So I think uh, for the most part, it served us well, and we continue to utilize that that framework um, in terms of hiring um, so we we lean on that pretty heavily with regards to leadership style for me specifically putting it yourself in somebody's shoes not only putting yourself in somebody's shoes but actually truly trying to understand you know their their challenges their opportunities etc and putting yourself in their shoes i think uh, leads to being able to um, get the maximum um, productivity out of somebody, right? Like to, to be able to realize and genuinely understand where they're coming from. I always um, use the other phrase of leading from behind. Mm-hmm. I like to, uh, when I look at my style and just uh, just a very low-key sort of approach to things, And but I also want to be able to foster and support um, the folks that I work with, right? Yeah. Like so being able to say, and when I say lead from behind, you know, giving them the opportunity, the 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 safe environment in which to make make decisions, to to take chances, etc., and know that you know I'll be there to support them in in any way I can. Also, as part of that, giving them the the credit and praise um, because yeah. they've done all the work, right? Yeah. So, um, giving them that safe environment um, in which they can operate and be as successful as possible. Um, is is the style that i I personally enjoy myself and uh, expect and I think others uh, respond to it as well so that's yeah. the, those are the
1: I, I would say the two foundations in which I try to lead by it's amazing how con- how much consistency there is in like the philosophy of Uh, Most of the leaders I admire. I I read a lot of books on the subject. I study management science and art. I'm reading multipliers now. And multipliers is great from that standpoint. It really kind of outlines orders of magnitude impact they can get in terms of harnessing and, and elevating collective intelligence by creating safe environments, by leading from behind, as you as you described it every year I have never led a company this big and have never had this many people on a team like every year. (laughs) Right. So after 19 or 20 years, um, you know, it's, it's, it's become sort of like second nature for me and expectation of myself that I have to continue to evolve right in how I think about leadership and some of the things you said, um, uh, it, it resonates with me so much because like when you start, when you're a small business, and you're an entrepreneur and you also are used to wearing many hats everything everything's sort of like you you lead everything everything's about you you kind of are in a hurry so you bulldoze over everything and like mm-hmm. leadership development and unculture like maybe not always top of mind but uh every every day i try to get a little better at empowering teams right like this this practice of you know, being last to speak was really hard for me, but <laughs> really important. Um, and uh, I think I let I let some of that be demonstrated in the QBR just now. And I was just like watching there kind of with pride. Yes. You know, yeah. how well Edric did in that audience for the first time. Jacob, of course. Noah, the new guy in the room, right? Introducing a new concept mm-hmm. for, for this organization. But... I'm really proud when we can do that and uh, have all this talent, you know, regardless of how long they've been here, uh, elevate to, to 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 a new level. Right. And But I think that's how future leaders are made. Yeah. And that's uh, how we scale ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, to your point, you know, when I, we as we had this QBR earlier today and looking in the room and even for the new folks that have joined my team, um, our team, they uh, you know they they come up with new and insightful ideas and really challenge myself mm-hmm. and that's that's what you want as a leader you know frankly like uh, you know to, to come into a room and think you have all the answers you know it's, it's probably because you don't you yeah, don't have all the answers that's right. uh, it's insecurity uh, yeah exactly <laughs> and so you know from my perspective and I'd look around and you know I'm super excited about the team that we're we're building and that have joined in the last uh, month or two Um you know, they're all uh, exceptional and um, they all will make, as a result, make me a better better person, a better leader, and a, a better Googler.
1: Oh, you have a great uh, now composition of people that have been there a long time, yeah, sold yeah. maps for a long time. We've known for a long time, uh, Merge with a bunch of people that are completely new to maps, to your org. Um, and first of all, what my team has told me, like the feedback on all the new talent coming in, you've really done an exceptional job of picking from all sorts of places, whether it's ads or cloud or Salesforce or wherever. Right. You've really set the bar high. But I think they're going to be you know, benefiting tremendously from coming in and working with Kyle and Raleigh and Paul and. Natasha and 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 everyone else who's like Dave yeah. hey Berg, yeah, right? foundation. Yeah, who's been there for a long time. That's um, a lot of our teams look like that because we are also growing, so we have a bunch of new people with a bunch of people who've been here a long time. Our executive team looks like that. So when that culture works and you create this sort of one team mentality, the, again, the collective intelligence is amplified because the people who've been here a long time learn a bunch of new things, and the people who are new get fast tracked in terms of like the foundational knowledge. But within a couple of months, I think they have a good basis by which to suggest how things could be different, you know, and, and kind of right. demonstrate by data and and, and experience how, um, how they may have some great ideas.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that the, you know, all those things are spot on. And in addition, I would say, you know, as, as I worked with your team in the past and ours as well is the humility aspect of it, you mm-hmm. know, where you don't approach thinking, okay, well, I've been here for five years or 10 years or 20 years, whatever the case may be, and really understand, like, we all could get better. We're all learning mm-hmm. and we're, we can learn from each other and mm-hmm. come at it from a humility standpoint. That was another thing actually Chip um, had mentioned in the past and yeah. continues to um, reinforce. And I think we do that organically as, as teams. So it's it's great, you know, like yeah. from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, Look,
1: I think five, six years ago, uh, again, we were small, we were scrappy, we were successful, and we weren't always, you know, as self-aware around elements of humility and uh, just sort of like just just growing up and being mature and, 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 and understanding those things. And it was a bunch of, you know, scrappy young people who were probably way too successful too fast. They kind of created this uh, culture for a short period of time that was not always rooted in humility. and uh, and gratitude and things like that but uh, again i credit you personally on having a great influence on me but also our team on just keeping us honest about those things and i think part of it is like you have a couple years on me but But, in some ways like being at a large enterprise for a longer period of time than i you know like being within google and seeing 500 employees to over 100 like you you understand what it takes to operate an enterprise class and we just come from different roots and, um, and and your influence like that was very meaningful to me, and I probably wouldn't be where I am today without that kind of influence. So no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for being that positive voice, that positive uh, mentor for me personally and for our team, because everything you've ever said, I know, speaking of trust, has always had like the best intentions, was completely honest and uh, and I could trust like it landed with gravity. You know, that all Francisco thinks this, holy shit, you know, like (laughs) that means something as opposed to, you know, a random opinion where it's coming from a place that you don't know where it's coming Mm -hmm. from, where from you on you was always coming from the best possible place. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. So we got a lot of work to do. Um, I'm only I'm only half kidding about the pre-commit, you know, (laughs) I think we should work something out. I would love to sign something and make a huge um Uh, amount of noise around that, especially as you, you know, turn on your new marketing and air cover, your new channel program uh, initiatives, uh, new messaging to customers to really reinforce Sada's position as um, the leader globally in this space and to continue to earn that. Put a stake in the ground. Um, I think working out the, the commercial arrangements or a, along those two just set a really big target together right would be really really exciting for me and uh and and and, and super cool to 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 do to, to execute with you over the next you know five years plus yeah we're um,
0: definitely open to have that conversation As um as you've heard um, throughout the day is you know we've yeah. pivoted we're we're an enterprise uh, organization um we're looking we have some audacious goals from the Stanford our revenue ourselves, and I can't think of a better partner, obviously, than Sada to yeah. be able to have these conversations. Again, I, I thank you uh, for for everything you've uh, you meant to me personally as well as you've uh, your leadership style within your organization has been amazing. Uh, that's a testimony to the you know that's a testimony to the growth that you've already yeah. uh, achieved, and I know will continue. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that that. That the sky's the limit for us as the organization is partners so thank you
1: for i that. agree thanks so much for being my guest thank you and i will see you thank soon you in your invitation. headquarters and we'll get together with chip welcome. and and do some uh do some big big thinking yeah absolutely um, thanks so much man it's okay. great to see you thanks. thanks thanks tony
0: thank you for listening to cloud and clear Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.